in 1 Peter 1, 17 to 19, we're going to focus on one major seeming problem, namely, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. Exile referring to our time on this earth separated from our true homeland, which is God, heaven. How many of us aim to do this? Conduct yourselves in fear. What does that mean? So, Father, as we try to come to terms with what you are showing us here about life in this world far away from our home with you, grant that we would not only understand what Peter is arguing here, but that we would experience the kind of fear that would produce the holiness that he is after here. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you call on him as Father, who judges impartially according to each one's work, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Now, in the, in the previous section earlier, Peter had said, Be holy in all your conduct. He is after holy conduct. And the motive there was that uh, we have girded up the loins of our minds to hopefully and replace the old ignorance with the new passions of confidence in God's coming grace and overflowing from this new passion of hope is a new kind of conduct. Now, here comes a, a brand new kind of motivation, so it seems anyway, If you call on him as father, which you do, if you're a Christian, who judges impartially according to each one's work, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. So we are being told to have a kind of conduct, which is certainly going to be holy conduct, same as we saw earlier. Only now, the conduct is going to be accompanied by and surely motivated in some sense by fear. And the fear relates directly to our Father is an impartial judge and he judges in accordance with our and everybody else's work. So there's the connection. You call upon his father a judge who is impartial. He's not going to cut any slack for anybody's ethnicity or anybody's intelligence or anybody's socioeconomic standing or any other irrelevant factor. Rather, he's going to cut right to the chase, namely, in accordance with each one's work. And therefore, conduct yourselves with fear. Now, what's 
confusing and amazing and provocative is that this command here, conduct yourselves with fear, is preceded by something that looks like it should take away fear and followed by something that looks like it should take away fear. We're calling upon him as Father. And in everything before verse 17 here, he's been merciful to us. He's caused us to be born again. He has secured a a hope for us in heaven. He's guarding us for that very hope. We have a merciful Father who has done everything so that our faith and hope might be in God. He hasn't He hasn't become our father so that we have no assurance of the future that he has promised us. And he's been doing everything in the in the preceding 16 verses to help us be confident that his fatherhood is going to secure for us a future. So that seems to take away fear. And then following this command to walk in fear is walk, conduct yourselves in fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing something. Because you know something. What do you know? You were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things that would run out or fail or be destroyed in the end, but things, mere things like silver and gold. Rather, you were ransomed with precious blood, the blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. So read it backwards and you'll see how strange it sounds. You know that you have been ransomed for God and by God through Jesus, not with mere things like silver and gold. You weren't bought with silver and gold. You were bought with the precious blood of Christ. Therefore, fear. (laughs) So, in one direction, we have a father And in the other direction, we have a a precious blood of the Savior, which is sent by the Father. And both of those are leading us to fear. Now, before we try to say how that works, we really do need to come to terms with he is an impartial judge, judge, impartial judge according to, doesn't say on the basis of, according to, corresponding with one's work. So let me just throw out a few other texts that will show you how typical this is of other passages. So let's go here to Romans 11.20. They, the Jews who have been unbelieving, they were broken off from the tree of the covenant with Abraham. They were broken off because of their unbelief. But you stand fast only through faith. So do not become proud, but fear. Fear unbelief, right? You stand only through faith. So fear and let fear drive you to faith. So keep that in mind. Or Philippians 2.12, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Why? Why fear and trembling? For 
God is the one who works in you to will and to work for his good pleasure. So let there be fear and trembling because God Almighty is in you. And if you have God in you and you are aware of such a majesty and power actually indwelling your life, there will be an appropriate sense of reverential fear and trembling. Or here's 2 Corinthians 5.10. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil, therefore knowing the fear of the Lord. So in view of this judgment that we're going to experience, we know the fear of the Lord and we persuade others. So there is a correspondence in Paul between fear and the judgment that is coming on all of us. And here is second, I mean, uh, Romans 2, which shows that that judgment is not just about rewards for believers, but also includes, in a different sense, eternal life. He will render, he will render to each one according to his works, according to his works, not on the basis of, but in accord with, a certain correspondence with his works, to those who by patience in well-doing deeds, they are seeking for glory and honor, just like in First Peter 1, 7, we're hoping that Glory and honor and praise will come to us at the revelation of Jesus. Those who seek glory and honor and immortality, he will give them eternal life. So this, this rendering to each one according to his works means that if there is good deeds done in the pursuit of glory and honor and immortality, will be rewarded with eternal life. We don't earn it but rather it accords with these works as we pursue well-doing and glory and honor. Matthew 16, 27, the Son of Man will, is going to come with the angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each one according to what he has done. Or Galatians 5.21, I warn you as I warned you, you, you church members, you professing believers, I warned you before that those who do such things, that is the works of the flesh that he just listed, will not inherit the kingdom of God. So there are things that you do as believers, or at least professing believers, that can exclude you from the kingdom of God. So fear doing those things. Let the fear drive you away from such things. Or put it positively, Hebrews 12, 14, strive for the peace with every strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness. Strive, you Christians, strive for holiness. So this is not uh, imputed holiness because we are united to Christ. That's the foundation of this. Strive for a holiness without which no one will see the Lord. There is a holiness that we must have. And seeing the Lord will accord with that. Now let's go back here to the text that we're looking at. So 1 Peter 1, 17-19. Let's knock all that stuff out. Conduct yourselves with fear. Knowing that you got a father. And knowing 
that you were ransomed with precious blood of Christ. So now how does this fear relate to such precious assurances as you have a Father who loves you and you have a Savior Savior who shed infinitely valuable blood for you? And here's, here's my uh, effort to try to make sense out of that. I would say something like this. Fear treating the blood of Jesus and the fatherhood of God as trash. Fear that. Give me the illustration. I got two illustrations, and then we'll be done. Um, suppose a father has a daughter who is kidnapped, and a ransom is required of a million dollars. And his father doesn't have a million dollars, but he borrows, he sells everything. He sells his house, and the image here is he gives his son. He sells his house, he sells his car, he sells his books, he sells all the collections, he, he and his wife mortgage everything, and they come up with a million dollars, and it breaks the bank. They love their daughter. They go to the appointed place, and they uh, leave the million dollars, and they walk to the other side of the field. The daughter walks out, that's the arrangement, and she picks it up, takes it back to her captors, and instead of running into her father's arms with gratitude, she thumbs her nose at him and says, Sucker! and walks away with her boyfriend with a million dollars. Fear ever doing that. Fear ever treating this ransom or treating your father that way. If, if cozying up with the sins for which the father sent his son to die ever is tempting to you, run with all your might the other direction, lest you find yourself in bed with the very things that slaughtered the son of God, fear like crazy, trashing the ransom, the blood, and the fatherhood. One other illustration. Um, my son, uh, one of them, when he was eight years old, went to visit a man with us who had a giant dog who looked this eight-year-old right in the eye, and we was terrified, and the friend said, don't worry, he's not dangerous. And I sent uh, this son out to the car to get something, and he started running for the car, and this huge dog ran up behind him and started growling, and the man in the house said, oh, uh, maybe you want to just walk. He doesn't like it when people run away from him. And I thought to myself, neither does God. You, you start running away from God, your father, who paid an infinite price for you, and he will bite your behind. He will get you, and he will draw you back. Fear running away from God. Let the, let the fear of God drive you away from anything that would trash the ransom and drive you away from anything that would trash the Father and drive you toward this big dog who loves for you to hug his neck and not run away from him.